0: Welcome to Take It to Court podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Scruggs. I wanted to welcome you to our very first episode. If you've been following me since the Scruggs show or even before that with speculation with Natasha Scruggs, you know that I always talk about the law. I am a criminal lawyer, I'm an anti-racist attorney, and I'm a prison abolitionist, but I always uh, slide in some sort of sports law in there. So now this podcast is about the WNBA equity women's in sports sports in the law social justice and of course our regular cases that we talk about i'm super excited for y'all to join me please subscribe on facebook instagram twitter follow us on um on all those platforms you'll have a link below to click that so today i want to start off talking about equity um i was a little bit bothered with the fight that happened last weekend there was a fight between uh, somebody who never boxed before and that was ocho cinco (laughs) and then it was a fight um between a a champion but he's but he's a former champion because he doesn't play anymore he doesn't box anymore floyd mayweather and i saw all the money that was put into these fights like there was so much money i'm talking about whether it's sponsorships whether it's uh you know ads, whatever the case may be. So there was a lot of money put in upfront. Then there was a lot of ads put in to promote the fight. And then there was a lot of people that bought tickets. And if people didn't buy tickets, they bought the online um, access pay-per-view. And, you know, I understand how, how exciting boxing can be, but my only issue was People were telling me to my face that the WNBA is not entertaining, nobody wants to watch the WNBA, and I knew it was BS, and when I saw that, I was like, okay, this 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 further verifies that, because if people will pay money and have hype around former boxers or non-boxers playing, Then I know that if we had that same amount of money, the same amount of influence and pushing for the WNBA, then people would be excited to go to those games. Ironically, I think the day after that, Drake wore a WNBA hoodie and everybody's going crazy over it. It's like people are kind of so fickle. Um, right now, WNBA fans are true, hardcore WNBA fans, so they don't technically need celebrities or endorsements to watch the game. But in order for the WNBA to bring more money in, to be profitable, to, to be able to expand, to be able to give players more money, we're going to need more people that are outside that bubble um, to, be, uh, to be involved in it so that's my take let me know below if y'all agree on that i just felt like for all number one i was like okay sports is 99 percent about the hype it's not about skill it's not about it's not even about the game because the nba makes so much more money, brings so much more in, has so so many more investments, in the WNBA, they're playing the exact same game, but it's women. And next time, I'm going to have on here uh, a feminist who talks about how the paradigm that women deserve less than men um, is really impacting the WNBA. So, uh, let's talk about the case of the week. So, I'm a criminal defense attorney, and I've been checking on all these cases. So let me tell y'all about this case that I have uh, that finally is over. Um, Basically, it's a DUI case, and just to give you a little bit of background, when you have a DUI, if you have multiple of them, you will end up with an enhancement, and an enhancement will basically say, hey even though this will probably only you probably only serve one year in prison up to one year in prison or one year in jail if you have multiple duis you'll be subject to basically longer sentences you can have up to 15 years and so basically this case, my client was facing 15 because he was seen as a quote-unquote habitual offender where it was enhanced. Um, the problem is, is that this quote-unquote habitual uh, action took place over 10 years ago. So uh, my client has some issues in the past where he you know, received rehab and people are looking at alcoholism and drug addiction as a sickness and as an illness. And so in the last 10 years, he hasn't had any issue. Actually, it was 12 years. He hasn't had any issues with drugs or alcohol. Um, uh, He's, like I said, he's he's went to treatment. Um, He's actually done time for it and everything like that. This particular time, there was an issue with one of his kids, and it was actually on New Year's. Where you know on New Year's a lot of people get together, a lot of people drink. Uh, there was an emergency, and so without thinking, he got in the car. He drove. My client never, never lied about it. He told the police exactly what what it was, um, but they gave him this enhancement. And so I want to just talk to y'all about that. How systemically when we put these habitual titles on people. Like I always talk about the word criminal. I don't like to use it because I know that it is a tool of oppression. And once you get that title, uh, you can't get rid of it. And so I feel like if you do something, if you do an action, or if you do an activity, um, and you make a mistake, I don't think that you should have that title on you for forever. So I'm going to be taking y'all along the way to this, basically my client, he's doing amazing out on bail and, We're trying to make sure that he gets the opportunity to stay out as opposed to go back in and do time just because it is an enhancement. Because like I said, if if it wasn't an enhancement and he wasn't seen as a habitual offender, then we wouldn't even be having this conversation because his case would be done. So that's just a little teaser up into um, the case of the week. So now let's talk about the play of the week. Let's switch over to uh, the play of the week. So I went to my very first WNBA game ever. (laughs) I went to Chicago, and I saw the Phoenix Mercury play the Chicago Sky. So we get to the arena It's called Wintress Arena, and I'm super nervous. I got my big brother with me. I have my college basketball teammate with me because I played at uh, Division II Missouri Southern State University. And then I had my cousin with me as well. And so we're walking to the game and we see, like I said, these die-hard WNBA fans, like everybody, that if you go to a WNBA game, it's intentional. You can't happen to go, you can't happen to walk into a bar and see it on because uh, it's just not available like that. So uh, we came in, uh, we had to fill out these clear, I know if you go to a WNBA or an NBA game, they make you fill out like these clear apps on your phone and you have to show them, hey, I'm clear, I don't have coronavirus. Uh, we had floor seats, so we had to wear masks uh, because none of the players are wearing a mask while they're playing, and so we get in, we go sit down, everything's good. I'm sitting, and then I see Candace Parker, and I'm like, oh my god, there's Candace Parker. I'm like, freaking out. Uh, I see Brittany Griner. I see all of my favorite WNBA players on both sides, so it's kind of hard because I'm a fan of both. However, I'm my team this year that I picked is the Phoenix Mercury. I think that the Phoenix Mercury have a very good opportunity to win the championship. Um, I was on one of the assistant coaches podcast. Her name is Chastity Melvin, and she came on my podcast as well. Um, so Chastity, I'm a huge fan of her. She's a former WNBA player. She actually was drafted in the first ever WNBA draft. So because of her and because of um, Skyler, Skylar Diggins, Brittany Griner, Diana Taurasi, a lot of the women um, nurse as well as because of them. I'm a huge fan of the Mercury. So but like I said, I'm fans of both. So the game started and they started going at it like it was. And I feel like all WNBA games are so close because uh, like I was telling Duncan earlier, it's only 12 players per team and it's only 12 teams. So basically the top of the top of the top are on the team. So every single game is a dog fight. They're going they're going at it. They're aggressive. They have they're very strong. All of the women are in shape. So uh at first it kind of looked like Mercury was 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 down. Uh it looked like they were going up, they were going down, they were going up, they were going down. Um looks like at that time let me see who it was on Chicago. It's, it's one girl on Chicago that was, like, taking them to the cup, going crazy. And I was like, this is insane. Like, I don't know what they're going to do with her. I forgot her name. Um, maybe it was Fall, last name Fall. Well, like I said, they were going back and forth. Everything was cool. So, halftime, um, it looked like it could be anybody's game. Last four minutes of the game were the most intense minutes ever um so mercury was down i think they were down 10 and all of a sudden it started picking back up skylar dickens shot a three they had to even check it to make sure it was a three because she shot behind the line but then her body kind of went in front of the line uh she that cut it down um but then sky had a few free throws they made both of them and i was like okay we're still down um then it was like Uh, I think we had two free throws. It was another play, and then at that point, the score, it was like we were down one, and I was like, okay, I guess... Actually, we were down two. Yeah, we were down two, and it was like the last maybe 15 minutes or 15 seconds of the game. So then, they they threw the ball to Nurse. She's from Canada. She's from Ontario, and basically she's dribbling down the court. I'm thinking the game is pretty much over. She shoots the ball. It was like a half-court shot, and then she makes it. So I feel like that's the play of the week. Um, I did post it multiple times on my timeline because I was actually recording, and I was missing every good play of the game. But this play, I don't know why. I was like, I was just recording it, and as soon as it happened, I, like, jumped up and almost ran out into the court. It was crazy. And it's also crazy because – I was on there with all these Chicago Sky fans, and the Chicago Sky fans were like almost crying. They were like on the ground like, I can't believe this is happening. And I'm like up screaming, almost about to run into uh, the court. So that was really intense. I feel like that was the play of the week. Also, there were several other buzzer beaters that week. And so I'm like, okay, is this, somebody said it's called Women's Buzzer Beater League or something, they were trying to make a a play on that because there was a lot of buzzer beaters last week. Um, so let's talk about the teams that I feel like are the top. I feel like, honestly, even though I'm a diehard Mercury fan, I think Connecticut Sun is, like, one of the top teams right now. Um, they have – the way that they play the game is very aggressive. I like the speed. I like I like the plays that they run as well. One thing I can say about the Mercury, uh, I kind of want them to give the ball to Brittany Griner more. Every time she gets the ball, she does something very well with it, but I don't think they give it to her enough. Um, Honestly, too, I would like to see her kind of sit in the post a little bit longer and maybe ask for it, but because she can shoot. She can shoot threes, She can shoot elbow shots. uh, She's just so... She's just so versatile. Um, they're using her all around, but I'm a post player and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big component of phys- being physical while playing the game. So I wanna see them give her the ball more. Uh, the game after our game, so we went on June 1st, there was another game between the Sky and Mercury at Phoenix this time on June 3rd and Brittany actually dunked that game. And I was like, ugh, I missed it. <laughs> so this is her second dunk of the season. Uh, everybody's liking it. I actually met the players after the game and I gave them like a bag with uh, information about me being social justice advisor for athletes. I also gave them all bonnets. Uh, They were super excited to get the gifts and I met them and I took pictures with them and also took pictures with the coaches. So I thought that that was really, really great. So my top two teams are going to be the Mercury and the Sun. Uh, Obviously, the Liberty is really good. Um, my One of my favorite players this season is on the Liberty, Laney. She's doing really well. She's been playing really well. Skylar Diggins, everybody knows. Uh, I think her last four games, she scored over 20 points. Uh, she plays like my best friend, Scrappy. So I had a best friend. I have a best friend who played in high school with me. She went on to play at Missouri Baptist University. And the way that she ran point is very similar to how Skylar does it. Skylar pays attention to a lot. You could tell she's a student of the game. Um, She can shoot. She can direct. She can see. She's not short. You know, she's not extremely tall, but she's tall enough that she can see the full floor and she can make plays. She actually just did, like, this breakdown of Chris Paul being the point guard, and I was like, that's nice. I wish somebody would do her breakdown because when I saw her, she was incredible. Okay, so let me see who else do I like. So I already said the Sun, the Mercury, and the Liberty. Um, I'm not going to lie. I like the Mystics. I like the Mystics. I'm not going to say they're my top four, but they're a great team. Um, One thing about the Mystics, they have Tina Charles. She's undisputed. She's an amazing player. Uh, I would like to see Charles get a shoe deal. I know a lot of talk was about the fact that the WNBA haven't had a shoe deal in like 10 years, I think. So I think Candace Parker had our last signature shoe. Of course, they get endorsement deals where they wear the shoes, but a signature shoe is like it's your shoe, it's your name, and, you know, all those sales direct back to you. Um, One of my favorite shoes, actually the first signature shoe ever was Cheryl Swoop Shoe. And she had the air swoops and those are still cute to this day. I was actually on like I think I was on Google trying to find like did anybody have any more air swoops? Uh but it's like that was so long ago. So this is the twenty fifth year of the of the uh of the league. And I'm ready to see us elevate. I feel like twenty five years ago, this the the way that they show the league, the accessibility of the league, the, the popularity of the league, I give it this is okay, but 25 years after that, the league should be so much further. We should have several signature shoes, just like the NBA has. Um, like I said, people have deals. Like I know Skyler has like an endorsement deal with Puma. Um, so right now, Brianna Stewart, I don't think she signed a dotted line, or I don't think it's like official, but I know she's in talks of having her signature shoe. So so Brianna Stewart will be the first. WNBA player in 10 years to get a signature shoe after Candace Parker. Um, I definitely want Tina Charles to get a shoe. Um, Brittany Griner should obviously have a shoe. Brianna Stewart, she deserves a shoe as well, but I just don't think she should be the only one that gets it. And I want to know, what do y'all think qualifies you to get a signature shoe? I feel like, just like I said about boxing, it's all about marketing. It's all about um popularity quote-unquote clout whatever you want to call it i think that these players have that they have that ability to actually sell i know that people think oh no one cares about the WNBA, no one cares about these players they won't sell it's not true on any level it's all fake i just feel like if you put in less you get less and i think that they're getting less all around getting less advertisers uh, they're getting paid less. Think about it. Some of the highest, you know, contracts in the WNBA is about 150 k where, you know, w, um, NBA contracts are about $40 million and up. It's just not fair if you look at the numbers. Also, the WNBA, you know, was founded by the NBA. So that's why I'm not understanding the equity conversation when it comes to that. Um, so let me know if y'all think that if you have a favorite player and you think they should deserve a shoe. And also let me know how you think we should market the shoe. So let me ask a controversial question to end the episode. So I was talking to one of my friends. His name is Carrington Harrison. He's a he's a sports media guy here. And I was talking to him about the WNBA because I got him and, like, all my my siblings, my brothers, my friends watching the WNBA for the first time. Uh, And I feel like this podcast will be like WNBA for beginners because I'm I'm also a beginner because I wasn't, I didn't have the league pass before, you know, I didn't have access to the game. So I'm considering myself a beginner and we can all learn together and I'm going to have experts come on and talk. But what do you think would be the game changer? Like what could, what could happen that one day everybody's looking at the league? So he and I were talking, and we were talking about the lower the hoop um, <laughs> conversation. And I disagree with, oh, let's lower the hoop because we want to see people dunking all day. Because, like I said, we do have WNBA players that do dunk. And it's not like every single game a man is throwing down a dunk. Like, that's not it's not happening. E- or every play, it's not happening. Um, so I feel like that's an excuse. But what do y'all think? Would you consider... Lowering the hoop. Do you think that if more WNBA players could dunk, that that would make more people watch the game? So make sure you comment below. Please share, like, and subscribe. And thank y'all so much for watching.